The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, leadership expert and psychologist Dr. Henry Cloud helps you set healthy boundaries in today's digital age. All right, so then the internet comes and now you carry it in your pocket, right? And so the boundaries of time and space, now the boss can find you at 8, 9, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, and all the nightmare wackos in your personal life can find you at work. <laughs> Sheila Walsh, I'm here with Randy Robertson, and I have to honestly tell you, I have been so excited about this show. Um, God has used our guest today in profound ways in my life. When I was really sinking fast, this was the person that God sent into my life to make a huge change. So um, you know him and you love his books, but you'll be happy to see he's with us today. Please welcome Dr. Henry Cloud. Hey guys. Good to be with you. Love you. You know, it's... It's amazing to me when I looked at this new edition of Boundaries that you have. I mean, that book has been out for what, 25 years? 25 years. Yeah. And every now and again. That was I'll... three when I read it. Yeah. Yeah, John you and I were like born the same 12. year. Try not to lie like a rug. <laughs> so, what's amazing to me is after 25 years, it's still on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. Did, when you and John Townsend sat down to write this, <laughs> did you have any clue at the depth this was going to connect with people? No, in fact, I'll tell you a funny story. We, we were in a planning retreat, and the facilitator said, so when y'all go speak, what are most of the questions about? We started laughing. We said, oh, it's always about boundaries. And he said, why don't you write a book on boundaries? And I said, that's a great idea, because we wrote the book, then we would it'd answer the question, we'd never have to talk about this again. <laughs> well, how, we, how we did that work was, out? Yeah. And we could move on. But I think what happened was, especially in the Christian world, but it's, it's, it's everybody. When people are taught, which is good, that we should be loving and forgiving and, you know, have patience with people and and all of that, they they feel like that then it's not okay to say, no, stop, I don't want you to do that anymore. Or to say, no, I don't want to do this or that or, or have limits. And what it did was, I think it tapped into a deep need that people were feeling of, I, I keep getting hurt in this relationship and I'm trying to be loving, but I'm supposed to take it. And they needed to know, no, God says, no, there's no verse in the Bible that says, blessed are the doormats, for they shall inherit the heels. It's not there. And it's okay to say no. Yeah. And so I think that helped. The, the other thing is, you talk about really difficult relationships, like in a marriage or some significant relationship where, where somebody's irresponsibility, may, maybe an addiction or an anger problem, or it's hurting someone. Mm -hmm. it, it really, the only way that person's going to probably turn around is when somebody finally stands up and says, I, I'm not going to take this anymore. And that's right out of the Bible. Where, where is that? I'm curious. Did, did Jesus... It starts in Genesis and ends in Revelation. <laughs> yeah. I think it goes right to the maps, actually. Yeah. Give us an example. Okay. I mean, did I, Jesus set up boundaries for oh himself? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? I mean, I, don't even get me started. Oh, I want to. I want to hear. I'll give you a great example. Matthew 18. 
okay? And you hear the word, you know, bind all the time. I, people mm. are binding Satan and binding this. Mm -hmm. Go to Matthew 18, and what you're going to see is, it says, if your brother sins against you, or your sister, okay, sins against you, go to them in private and talk about the problem. Say, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. It says, if they're wise, they'll listen, and then you've won them over, problem solved. You know, I don't want you using drugs. I don't want you doing this. That hurts me. Okay, gosh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't do that. Light goes on, they stop. But then it says, if they don't, then nag them. No, it doesn't say that. If they don't, then maybe please them more. And then they'll, no, it says, if they don't, then get a couple of more people and go to them and say, look, we've all seen this. It's not good. And then they might listen. And then it says if they don't do that, then you've heard of the modern term intervention. You get a group. And finally, it says if they won't listen to that, then you separate from them. And sometimes, you know, you say to the addict, look, I can't stop you from drinking, but I can't live with you while you're abusing a substance. And so you get to go somewhere else until you want to go get help. That's right out of the scriptures. And then right after that, it says this. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound, and whatever you loose shall be loosed. Now, we're talking about the boundaries binding, containing a problem. And in families, you let abuse and other things go loose, it's going to be loose. You know, the Bible always puts these two tracks together. Throughout the very beginning, there's two tracks of God's character. There's love, which is the connecting relational part, and then there is truth, which is the structure and the expectations of how to love. Mm -hmm. So you get a parent sometimes that are trying to love their kid, but they're not loving them with limits and good truth, then they're not loving them, they're enabling them. Mm -hmm. And it goes, you know, when I said throughout the scriptures, I'll tell you a funny story. I was, so I fly a lot. Now, if you fly and you want some quiet time on the plane, don't ever tell the person in the seat next to you that you're a psychologist. <laughs> I mean, your four hours have gone, right? So I, I usually say, and they say, what do you do? I say, I, I write books about Jesus. Do you want to talk? And That'll do it. So I, one day this lady says, what, what do you do? And I said, I'm a psychologist. And she goes, oh, I got to tell you about my boyfriend. I mean, here we go. Uh -huh. I said, what's the problem with your boyfriend? She said, well, I love him so much. But we just broke up, and I miss him, and I can't go back, but I know I'm going to go back. I always go back, and then we get together, and then I start getting hurt again, and I can't take it, and I break up, and then I miss him. And, and, and I said, well, why do you break up? And she said, because of his anger. He's just, I just can't take it. And he's so, I said, well, when does he get angry? And she says, well, basically, when I, when I don't do what he wants. But if I do what he wants, it's okay. She said, but I can't, ultimately, I can't live like that. So we break up and then I go back. I said, well, there's this old saying, you know, that if you rescue an angry man, you'll only have to do it again tomorrow. I think that's in the Bible. Well, she goes, say that again. <laughs> and I said again, she goes, that's exactly right. That's, that's my life. Where did you get that? And I said, it's in the Bible, Proverbs 19, 19. <laughs> You ought to read it sometime. Wow. And boundaries are all the way through the scriptures. Yeah. What are some of the myths about boundaries, particularly within the Christian community? Because I've heard people say, well, that's not very loving. You know, right. that's, we're supposed to be loving and merciful. Right. What are some of the common myths about what boundaries really are? One of the big ones is that, that 
if, if I set boundaries, I'm being selfish. So in other words, if somebody wants something, if I don't say yes, I'm not being giving, which means I'm being selfish. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, look, you got two tunics, give one away. You know, you got your food, give some away. It says, do not merely look out for your own interests, but also the interests of others. And there's nothing in the Bible that says somebody should not have a life. It says that God gives us life and that we're to share that with others. So self-centeredness, where everything is about me, the Bible is very strong about that. But having a life, having food to eat and time and passions and hobbies and all that, that you're a steward over, you're absolutely supposed to. It's not selfishness. Now, one of the things I love about this new edition that's just coming out, because if you think, well, I've got my copy of Boundaries, I don't need it. Well, you need this new one. Because you've added this chapter about boundaries in this digital... We've also updated the rest of it. It's you like, have? We don't well, use things that, like, you know, put this in your daytimer. Or oh, your, right. your Rolodex. <laughs> yeah, Nobody knows what a Rolodex is, right? Yeah. <laughs> but... Particularly, I love the chapter. I found it really helpful, the chapter on living in this digital age. Because yeah. mm. I think of some of our viewers watching in who maybe have teenage kids and they're thinking, how do I, how do I have boundaries well, with me? Facebook? I've got two teenage girls. You do. Yeah. And you've promised that one of them will marry my son. Hey, I, let's do an arrange right. right now. We can okay. skip all that brain damage. That's where right. I draw the line. I'm setting the boundary right here. Oh. There, there's no marriage. Good job, right. To Sheila's point, the, 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 the digital age thing is actually pretty significant because we feel like since we're anonymous, we have no boundaries right. online and a lot of times in our speech. And then there's the issue. I mean, I've got four children, too. I know the, the worries that parents go through of how do I even set boundaries when they've got that iPad upstairs or their smartphones right, and right. they're you know jumping online at Starbucks or whatever. I mean, it's how, how do we even handle this whole thing? Well, one of the big problems, it's a great question because, um, you, you know, it used to be God designed life where he's omnipresent. We're present. Yeah. You know, we can only be in one place at one time. And, and our lives used to be constructed around some of these things, especially the limits and boundaries of time and space. Now, you just take those two. We used to, for example, in your work life and personal life, we used to go to work. Mm -hmm. It was in a place. And you went to work from 8 to 5 or whatever your shift was. So boundaries of time and space put you there. And then you left that time and space. And then you had a personal life. Mm -hmm. All right. So then the Internet comes. And now you carry it in your pocket, right? And so the boundaries of time and space, now the boss can find you at 8, 9, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. Time and space is gone. And all the nightmare wackos in your personal life can find you at work <laughs> and you can't do your job because, you know, you, and so there's no time and space. So, so the Bible has always, always, always talked about this, this triad. And this is, what, this is what I tell my girls. There's a formula. It's throughout the scriptures. It's, it's the created order. Freedom equals responsibility equals love. So in other words, we can have as much freedom as we have the responsibility to manage. And that's always measured by, is it destructive to you or somebody else? And so when you're talking about the kids at different ages, you know, the Bible says in Galatians 4, we're guardians and managers of children. 
Guardians protect. So we protect children from things that they think they're big enough to do and they're not. We also protect them from regression when they say, I'm not big enough to carry my own. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> so we protect them from their immaturity and their grandiosity. But secondly, you manage them. Now, the goal there is self-control. The last thing a parent wants to do is to be in control of their kids. No, you want your kids in control of themselves. And to do that, you've got to set up the boundaries of the right amount of freedom that they're responsible enough to, to, to use in a way that's loving to whoever's concerned. And so people want all these rules. Well, the rules can be helpful, but the rules have got to be appropriate to that formula. And, and I'll give you a good example of just, just the formula. Um, I, I sat my girls down when they turned into teenagers, and I said, look, here, here, guys, I do not, the last thing I want to do is control you. I got too much to do. I want you in control of yourself. Here's the formula. Freedom equals responsibility. You can have all the freedom you want that you can use responsibly. So that's kind of the mantra in our house. So we were flying back from spring break, and we'd been on vacation, and we're in the airport, and Olivia, our oldest, had taken a friend with her, and we're in Salt Lake City Airport. It's 8 o'clock. Our flight got delayed. We're, we're going back to L.A. School night, right? School starts. And so she says, Dad, can Vanessa spend the night? I said, Olivia, why are you even asking me that? She goes, I know, it's a school night. I said, Olivia, why are you asking me that? She goes, I know, Dad, it's a school night. I said, Olivia, you're missing it. You know how I'm going to answer that question. She goes, yeah, I know. It's a... I said, Olivia, how am I going to answer that question? She goes, and she's looking at me like, what are you talking about? I said, what's the formula? She goes, freedom equals response. I said, Olivia, this is a school night. Why don't sometimes people spend the night on school nights? Because it's going to affect school. Olivia, I have not messed with your school for five. You have a 4.4 grade average. I never monitor how you do your school. I've turned that over to you because you've been so responsible in it. I know you're, you're not going to stay up all night, and if you do, it's your problem. You, I said, don't ask me these stupid questions whether she can spend the night or not. You figure that out. And she's like... <laughs> <laughs> Her friend goes, will you talk to my parents? (laughs) But you want to empower kids to give them the freedom that they're learning to manage. And this is true in the digital world, too. Yeah, yeah, You You can't follow them around everywhere. Do you think that's God's idea for us? I mean, go back to the creation. What did he do? He did the most dangerous Mm. thing that is possible because it has the highest reward, and that is... He put them in a playroom, he set them free, said, here's the boundaries. Mm. But if you make this choice, this is going to happen, okay? That's his, he goes all the way throughout scripture, he comes back, and Galatians 5, 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has died, to return us to freedom so that we can have self-control and then our love and worship for him Mm. is out of choice and freedom not because we have to. The thing I love about that, Henry, is that if you just control your children up until the time they go to college, oh. then suddenly it's, it's crazy time. They because got out of not... jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do, right? But, I, I, do, I, I don't know if we're going on too long, but that's no, no, no. a great story. And I don't mean, there's nothing I mean bad about people who do this, but when, when, when our girls became teenagers, <laughs> this, this, you know, one of those harsh Christian types. Well, I hope you're going to sit down that young man when she starts to date and sit him down and tell him, you know, he wants me to scare the guy, right? Right. 
So I said, well, I, I meet all of her dates. I said, but, but are you saying that here, you better? I said, I think what you're asking is, am I gonna do everything I can to make sure my daughter's safe from bad guys? He goes, absolutely. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. In your method, what if I'm out of town? Hmm. I can't do the interview. Mm -hmm. He goes, well, I guess she can't. I said, let me give you a better way. I said, because your method is pretty much limited to the walls of that house. I said, I want every guy she goes out with to have to go through me and get an interview. But what if they're in a car in the back seat somewhere or at a party? I'm not there. I still want them to have to go through me because I want our values living in her head right. where I'm not there, mm -hmm. he's going to try to give her a drug or do something and she's going to say no. That's how they're going to be protected. And see, God, God's ways are, are to put his law into our hearts yeah. right. so he doesn't have to follow us around and, you know, it's freedom, but we got to build responsibility, and boundaries are about self-control. You know, one of the most beautiful things that, because um, Henry and I toured for a time, and through we would do this pre-conference at Women of Faith, and I remember you saying that, you know, you would get back to L.A., you know, been working all weekend and be exhausted, and your girls would come running, and Olivia and Lucy would come running, and you said all you wanted to do really was go into your study, close the door, and put your feet up, but you said, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to teach my daughters to look from a guy that's unavailable. Yeah. Mm. And I think that is such a beautiful gift, Henry, that, that you have given to, to your girls. And Well, I, Sheila, if you think about that, you know, parents say all the time, how do we teach them boundaries? You don't teach them just with words, you teach them by having a relationship that has boundaries. Mm -hmm. So when they're being snitty, you go, you know what, I don't like that. I don't want you to do that. And when they, there's something that they have to have a no muscle too. And so in the relationship, how you treat them, that's where the hard wiring happens. Yeah, it's beautiful. Is it ever too late to start to have boundaries? I gotta tell you a funny story. I was You've there, got a lot of funny stories. <laughs> well, I'm a shrink and I live in funny situations. Right? <laughs> so, I'll never forget this. I'm, I'm doing a group in a hospital, and, and we're talking about boundaries, and this lady, she stood up in the group, and she says, I get it. I'm tired of my mother controlling my life. From now on, she's not going to control my life. And I'm 68 years old. <laughs> Gosh. So the it's answer would be it's too never late. too late. It's never too late. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You are going to want to get By pulled. the way, I had to keep going on about this, but never too late. You know what they find one of the most... The biggest predictors of well-being of seniors is in senior centers and, and, you know, the homes, how much freedom they give them to be able to control little things. Mm. Wow. What they're having for lunch, mm. how they're, what they're going to do with their time. Mm. Their health begins to go up. That's how God designed us. One of the funniest things that Henry ever told me is no is a complete sentence. That has helped me tremendously. <laughs> but one of the things that um, we're going to tell you how to get a hold of this book, and it really is, it's one of the few books in, that I read over and over again when I feel like I need to kind of adjust my sails a little. But we would love for you to help us do something that is very much our lifeblood here. We care about children who are crying out right now. Not because maybe they don't have boundaries, but simply because they don't have one meal to eat. Would you watch this? I want you to walk through this village with me as I just explain to you what's going on here, because for me it's difficult to fathom, and I think you'll find the same thing, that it just 
blows your mind to actually understand what the people of this village have gone through. You know, the house just behind me and the family that's there, they've buried three children, three children in the last year. I can point out hut after hut after hut, family after family that have lost at least one child in the last year. Not because of anything other than the fact that these people don't have the ability to feed their children. They're not lazy. People in this village have told us how hard they work all day long to produce firewood. They walk for three hours carrying heavy bags of firewood to get to a market where they sell it for enough money to buy one, maybe two meals. Seven days work for one or two meals. This is not a film set. This is not a village that we created stories about. These are human beings. These are real lives. These are children who each have a name. These are children who, when they die, their mother and their father, a piece of their heart dies as they bury their child. What do we do, you say? It's simple. We bring mission feeding to this village and we save this village children's lives. Without you, we can't do it. So please, please partner with us today. Join your hand with mine. Join your heart with mine. And save the lives of the children in this village. They need you desperately. I love seeing Isak Pretorius out there continuing this work. Uh, his father and mother, Peter and Ann Pretorius, were our earliest partners. And over the years, we've helped save the lives of countless children. Recently, Isak walked through some of these villages, and you know you can tell the difference between where the mission feeding program exists because the, the children are happy, they're smiling, they, they look healthy. And then he walked through some of the other villages where they desperately need food. And the solution has always been simple. All these years, it's simply getting food to the right place. We've made huge strides over the years and increased the numbers of children that we feed, over 400,000 a month now. We have built food factories in these areas to provide for the economy, to provide jobs, to train them on how to feed themselves. We actually have an opportunity now, beyond just the mission feeding, to upgrade one of the food factories, which will increase the production by 50%, so we can do even more. We need you to partner with us. You're seeing generations with me and my parents and Isak and his parents in these desperate areas helping to save generations of children. We are committed because this is the expression of God to go in and give life to people to express his love by being his hands. Will you join us today? Join with Isak, me, all the other missionaries out there feeding these children. You can have a huge impact. Sheila, you've been there. You've seen how effective the mission feeding program is. All right, it's just absolutely blew me away. I mean, I'm, I've never been the same since I got back. And you know, we get so used to TV and fictionalized stuff. This is not fiction, people, this is real life. One of the people um, I was with in Angola said, do you want to see where we buried the children? Mm -hmm. And so I went and there's just, the thing that touched me the most was that every parent had left something on the graveyard. For some people, it was an 
an empty water bottle, like a plastic bottle or one booty or something just to say, this was my child and they were alive and this is where they are. And while we were there, there were three empty graves I've been dug. And, and I said, you know, are these for people specifically? And they said, well, it just happened so much. And even as we were speaking, we saw this truck arriving and on the back were a mother and father in a tiny casket. And one of those was gonna be used. And the thing is, if this was something we couldn't do and couldn't make a difference in, I wouldn't be here. But I have seen with my own eyes the difference it makes. These moms are just like me. You know, one, one mom who has buried two children said to me, I said, what do you do when you lay your head down at night? She said, I pray this, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. But she said, I pray to God that he would help me shepherd my children. Would you go to your phones and just do what you can? We're not asking you to do everything, but if you do what you can and I do what I can, we can literally change the world for these children. Go to your phones. Please make the best gift possible. In impoverished and famine-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face death by starvation. With your support, you will help feed and care for children in crisis areas of Sudan, Angola, and Mozambique. With Africa facing ongoing food shortages and drought, we urgently need to replenish supplies and come to the aid of 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider an additional gift to help provide critically needed upgrades to our food factory that will increase overall production by a staggering 50%. This is a $216,000 challenge above our normal feeding budget that could help save even more lives. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you in the middle of the mess. In her new book, Sheila Walsh brings insight to knowing the peace and presence of Christ in the midst of life's inevitable messes. With your gift of $100 or more to help feed and care for 10 children, we'll send you Sheila's book plus the Arise coffee mug. This heat-activated mug reveals Isaiah 61 each time you fill it with a warm beverage, a wonderful way to begin your day. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request our Determined Eagle bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online. If you haven't already gone to the phone or gone online, Please do so now, write it down and go later if you can, but do whatever you can. Every gift makes a difference in the lives of these children. And we've got something for you. Yeah, I'd love to send you a copy of Henry's book, Boundaries. Um, it's an updated edition, it's fantastic. And would you please join me in thanking Dr. Henry Cloud. Awesome. Fun to be with you. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time live today. Thanks for being with us. Remember, we love you. We'll see you next time.
Refusing to be defined by feelings, temptations, circumstances, other people, or even himself, Dennis Jernigan is defined by his maker. Next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.